Good morning, North Central. Oh, it is so good to be in chapel. President Hagen, thank you for the opportunity to share the word this morning. I want to just introduce my family to you. I believe there's going to be a picture that comes up of my family. My wife, Elizabeth, and I are both North Central alum. She's the class of 07. I'm the class of 09. And we have three beautiful kids right now, Belle, Clara, and Henry. We call them Hank the Tank. And it's awesome. I always like t- talk to him in the morning. I'm like, hey, buddy, what's your name? He goes, I Hank the Tank. So that's Hank the Tank on the screen. And coming up in just a month, we have another little boy joining the Silky team. Cannot wait. Yes, we're excited. So it's going to be a crazy household, but it's, we're so excited for what God's going to do. I just want to say this. I know that we all have different career paths and trajectories in front of us. But the most important ministry that we will ever be a part of, it actually happens within our home. And so the people that you saw on the screen, the little one who's coming, that's my most important group of people that I'll ever impact in my life. And I'm so thankful to God for them. We have the joy, again, of serving as the Chi Alpha directors in in the city of St. Paul just next door. And we love what God is doing. And I just love being around college students. There's so much vibrancy in life in college ministry. I love it. Um, we, We also serve a movement that we'll talk about in a moment called 30 for Freedom. We've got a couple of pictures from 30 for Freedom past years. It's a movement that exists to end sex trafficking in our lifetime. And I recognize this morning, North Central, that the topic of sex trafficking and the heaviness of slavery, modern-day slavery, it is heavy. It is really heavy. So I wanted just to share a couple of lighter testimonies this morning uh, by way of introduction to the topic. So I was at a church in Malacca, Minnesota. Anyone from a rural part of Minnesota or a rural part of the United States? So I, I shared in a Sunday school class. You guys remember Sunday school? Love Sunday school. I shared in a Sunday school class about this idea of trafficking. And it was like, I mean, this, this crowd was silent hearing about trafficking, maybe for the first time for many. And this farmer, a senior saint, came up to me after I was done talking in her Sunday school class. And she began to tell me about her hens and her chickens and the eggs that she sells. And she's been sa- she told me, I've been saving up for two years to repaint my chicken coops and my hen houses. I'm so moved by hearing about the need for these kids who are trapped in sex trafficking. She said, I'm going to give half of my savings so they can be free in Jesus' name. And I just stood back, and I just, I was, it was one of those holy moments. I'm like, Lord, I don't deserve to stand here. <laughs> I should, like, take my shoes off and get on my face before you here. It was one of those moments. I got a direct message on social media a couple years ago from a couple who was in, I saw they just got engaged. I was like, let's go. And they, they said, hey, we would love to meet with you. We have a question for you, and we would love to uh, just run it by you. Would you ever want to grab dinner? I said, I happen to love dinner. So we went to the Mall of America, Twin Cities Grill, and uh, we, decided, we sat down, we ordered our food, and they said, hey, Brent, so here's the deal. We scheduled our wedding, we booked everything, we paid our deposits, and we realized that our wedding day is the same day as the 30 for Freedom Twin Cities chapter this year. I was like, hey, it's all good, no worries. Like, you guys, you guys can be a part of it in different ways or future years. I said, that's one of the most important days of your life. Probably after coming to Christ, that's probably the second most important day of your life. And I said, no worries, you can be a part of it in a future year. And they looked at me and they said, well, just hang on a second, Brent. What we decided to do is we decided, if it's okay with you, to come to 30 for Freedom, to bike 30 miles each on that morning of our wedding. Instead of having people give us gifts or give to our registry, you want them to give to Freedom so that people can be free in Jesus' name. And I was like sitting there, I was like, what? And then they're like, and we're wondering if after the event is over, would you come to Summit Church in St. Paul and would you officiate our wedding so that we can have a full 30 for Freedom wedding? And I was like, are you for real? 
And, and as an ordained minister of the Assemblies of God, I said, Lisa, I, talked, I looked at the bride-to-be. I said, it would be pastoral malpractice for me not to bring this up. I said, anytime you strap on a helmet and get on a bike for any distance, there is a chance that you could fall. You could hit loose gravel. You could get in a crash. I said, you're about to pay likely thousands of dollars for these pictures. And I said, I have to bring it up. Have you considered that you could crash and get a gash on your face the day of your wedding? And she looked down at her plate. And then she looked up with a half smile on her face. And she said, you know, I had not considered that. But wouldn't that be an amazing way to tell people about freedom? I was like, are you serious? So true story, they came. Uh, she had like a little tutu, like a little uh, dress-up thing on. Uh, she biked 30 miles. He had a tuxedo shirt. He biked 30 miles. And later that day, I changed out of my running suit into my suit suit, you know what I'm saying, to do their wedding. It was one of those things where I was so blown away by the, just the, the generosity. When people heard about a need, when they heard about an injustice like, like sex trafficking, they said, hey, I'm going to give half my savings for my, to paint my, my, hen, my hen houses and my chicken coops. And I'm gonna, we're going to donate our wedding so that people can be free. My favorite TED Talk is by a social justice advocate. He's a leader. I mean, he speaks internationally. His name is Matt Friedman. And he said, there are so many people that hear about trafficking. They hear about modern-day slavery. They hear about these issues. And I know that they feel feelings of care and empathy and concern. He said, but there is a line. There is a line that people, they, they get right up to it, but very few cross it. He said that line is called the hero line. And that's when we move from feelings to action. And I heard that TED Talk. I've listened to it about 20 times just to hear the stories, hear, hear the, you know, all of that he's talking about that he's seen on the front lines of fighting sex trafficking. And I'm so thankful to God for people like the Hillsteads, for people like this farmer from Malacca who didn't just hear about a need and feel feelings, but they crossed the hero line. There was a group from Cold Spring, Minnesota, just last month, who got on a plane, they flew to Las Vegas to work with one of our partners in the field called, 30, or called Free International. And they were a part of an operation called The Big Search, where they took a list of 30 missing youth and kids, and they set out to work with police, to work with different organizations in Las Vegas to find these kids. One of those kids was a 15-year-old girl, and this 15-year-old girl was off social media for a long time. Through their search and facial recognition and all the stuff that they use, she popped up on Instagram. And they decided that, hey, this is based on the decor of the room, based on the bedspread, based on the headboard, that out of the 760 hotels in Las Vegas, she was in one of six, 15 years old, probably like a sophomore in high school. So they deployed team members to each of these six hotels, and one of the team members went up to a security guard on the casino floor and had her phone out like this and said, have you seen this girl? And this big security guard leans over and squints down, and he says, 30 minutes ago, I just kicked her off the floor. I kicked her off the casino floor because she's a minor. So they spent the next three hours in North Central. They spent the next three hours combing through security footage of this massive hotel, this massive casino lobby, until they narrowed down exactly what room she was in. When the team rescued her out of that room, they brought her down to the rescue vehicle on the Las Vegas Strip. The picture. And this 15-year-old kid with tears welling up in her eyes looked around at 50 people who had crossed the hero line that were buzzing in and out of vehicles looking for the other 29 kids. And she said to the, one of the workers, she said, are they all looking for me? And the worker said, we are all here looking for you. Tears began to fall down her cheeks. She said, I didn't think anybody was looking for me. 
And I share that story because I heard that story recently from one of the free international missionaries. I was so wrecked that a kid would, would, would be missing for such a long time, would be trafficked out of a hotel room in Vegas and think that no one was looking for her. And I'm so thankful for communities that will step across the hero line, be it your chicken coop money, be it your wedding day, be it going on an admissions trip. And there are three stats that I want to share with you this morning. Three stats. I know it's like overwhelming to hear stats. The first one is that every 30 seconds, someone becomes a victim of sex trafficking. And that, does, that means for the very first time. That, like if someone's trafficked like 10 times in a day, it's not repeating 10 times. It's 30, every 30 seconds, somebody new becomes a victim of sex trafficking. The average age of a, sec, of a sex trafficking victim is between 12 and 13 years old. Sixth and seventh grade equivalent. And the average age for a little boy who's trafficked is between 9 and 12 years old. I have a 9-year-old at home. I think of classmates. That's the, and that's the thing with the problem with averages is that that means there are far younger who are trafficked. And I don't know how, when you hear stats like that, when you hear stories like that, when you hear about an issue or an evil that is so pervasive in our world like sex trafficking, I don't know how that, where that lands with you or how that makes you feel, but my prayer today is that every one of us in some form or fashion would step across the line, would step across the hero line from feeling to action and that we would do something to help. And this morning, I know that there's a lot of injustice in our world that takes place. I know there's a lot of things, and you might be, I was even this morning just talking about all the stuff that happened in 2020, all the things that have happened with racial tensions, with, with you know, the, the pandemic, all of the divides that have happened. And sometimes we can look at the, the chaos in our world and say, God, where are you in this? God, do you care? Do you hear us? Do you see us? Where are you in this? If you've ever asked questions like that when it comes to any of these injustices or evils, this is a word for you this morning. So we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3 this morning. And I was in a devotional time, I was in a study time a couple of weeks ago looking at this passage. And it's th- we're going to look at 7 through 10 this morning. So Moses is about 80 years old. He's tending to his father-in-law Jethro's flocks in Midian. And he sees a bush that's burning. Right? We've, a lot of us have heard this text before. He goes up to the bush. He's fascinated by it. It's burning, but it's not being consumed by the flames. So he walks up to it. We have like this weird human fascination with things that we shouldn't Rick walk up to. <laughs> I heard an explosion. I should go look at it, right? Like, oh, it's a burning bush. I'm going to go up, up to it. He hears the voice of God through an angel say, Moses, you are standing on holy ground. Remove your sandals. Freaked out. I mean, imagine being like the only human being out in the field with a whole bunch of sheep. And you hear the booming voice of an angel speaking on behalf of God. He gets on his face. He takes off his sandals. And there's this, this interaction between God and Moses. The Lord said, verse 7, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. If you've ever asked God, do you see me? Do you see the suffering that this world has? Do you see these kids, the average age being 12 or 13 years old? Do you see them? I understand from my great teachings as a student at North Central, that this is specifically talking about God seeing his people in Egypt at this time frame. But it gives us a glimpse of the heart of God that he still sees. He sees the misery. He sees the pain. He sees the suffering. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. He, is, he hears his people. If you've ever been maybe alone in your dorm or alone in your room and you've cried out to God or you've had just an unthinkable season and you just look up at the sky toward God and you're like, God, do you even hear me? Are my prayers bouncing off of the ceiling? Are they bouncing off the clouds? Do you hear me? He hears the cries of his people. I am concerned about their suffering. God, do you care? I'm concerned about their suffering. Verse 8 is crazy. 
So I have come down to rescue them. Now, if I'm trembling Moses with no sandals on my feet, bowing down before this burning bush, and I hear God say, I'm coming down to rescue them, come on, somebody. I'm like, yes, Lord, let's go. You go and get Pharaoh, right? That's what I would be thinking. And as he goes on in verse 9, it says, And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. It's one of those record scratch moments. Wait, wait, wait. You see, you hear, you're concerned, you're coming down, and now I have to get up and do something? He was calling Moses to step across the line, the hero line, to take action so his people could be free. So now go, I'm sending you. God could have done it like that. He could have just done it. It could have been over. But he taps Moses on the shoulder, who thought he was all washed up at 80 years old. He says, hey, I hear them, I see them, I'm concerned, I'm coming down, and I'm calling you to step across the line. I don't know if you've ever had a burning bush moment in your life before. I had a burning bush moment in, in 2006 as a transfer student sitting up in the balcony. I, was, I actually got here late to sit on the main floor. I sat up in that balcony there, and I had heard about trafficking before. My then-girlfriend, who is now my wife, she said, hey, I don't know if you've heard about this. It's horrible. It's called sex trafficking. People come from all over the world, and they, they pay money to do unthinkable things and serially rape children. And I was like, What? I was like, that can't really be a thing. And she said, I've actually declared my major in psychology. I'm going to be, go on to become a therapist and help girls and help people who have been, been victims who are now survivors. And I was like, wow, that's serious. Like she like changed her whole path. So I'm sitting in chapel in the balcony and David Grant, Dr. David Grant comes to the platform and he begins to share story after story after story of these little girls, little kids in India. And I'm so uncomfortable North Central, I'm so uncomfortable hearing what's happening to these kids. I'm sitting up in, that, in my chair and I'm squirming. I cannot, I cannot imagine. As a heart, with the heart of a protector, I wasn't a dad yet, but I feel like God's put that heart in me just like, oh, I have to do something about this. And I had one of those burning bush moments that changed the trajectory of my life. I'm like, I have to do something. I knew I could give an offering. I could give an offering that day. I had like 30 bucks to my name, right? I was working part-time at Best Buy trying to save up for a ring. You know what I mean? I had a little bit of cash. I could give an offering. I could pray that day. But I felt like God, was, it was one of those burning bush, life-changing moments where he said, you have to do something, Brent. I've given you this burden, and now you need to move. So fast forward through my youth ministry days. I'm sitting at a Perkins bakery. I'm 29 years old. It's been this, this vision and burden had been in the crock pot of my soul for nine years. I'm sitting across the table from a United States Marine, from one of our ministry graduates at Cedar Valley Church. And he, he looks at me and he goes, hey, Brent, what's new? I said, well, in five months from today, I turned 30. And he goes, ooh, you're getting old. And I said, ooh, and you're going to buy breakfast this morning for saying that. And we sat there talking about this. And I said, God dropped a dream in my heart to run 30 miles on my 30th birthday, to invite 30 friends to run with me so that we can raise $30,000 to rescue people out of sex trafficking because every 30 seconds, someone becomes a victim. Yoel reaches in his pocket, slides something across the table, and said this, I hear briefings in the military all the time about trafficking. It's evil, it's everywhere, and we have to do something to end it. And he slides me a $100 bill. The crazy thing about that is that I hadn't done anything besides tell a couple of people about it. I hadn't built a team yet, I hadn't recruited runners yet. So I went to my car in the cold, it was December 28, 2015, I sent a text message to Pastor Mark Dean, who was our district youth director at the time. I sent a message to Paul Herkman, my friend from Venture, I said, this is my dream. Can we come together and make this a reality? So I spent the next five months 
calling people, texting people, DMing people, saying, hey, on May 28th, it's a Saturday. Would you come Memorial Saturday, May 28th, my 30th birthday? Would you run 30 miles with me? And every single person I talked to, it was amazing. They said the same thing. No. They're like, isn't that longer than a marathon? That makes no sense. Why would we do that? And then I'd go on and share the heartbeat. I said, every 30 seconds, someone becomes a victim of sex trafficking, and I'm going to leverage this milestone day to make a difference. And if you want to be a part of it, I'm inviting you to run with me. And a few days later, they would say the same thing. They would call on almost verbatim, say the same thing. I hate running, but I hate sex trafficking even more. I'm in. I was like, okay, let's go. I don't know if you have a picture. Yes. So on my 30th birthday, I line up. North parking lot at Cedar Valley Church. 48 of us lined up to run 30 miles. Micah Mack, my best friend, had 75 other people, young and old alike, that said, hey, we're going to run a 5K version for freedom so these kids can be free in the name of Jesus. It was the craziest day. It rained after, right as we came to the finish line. The news came and did this little story. And that day, we serve a God, I don't know if you know this, but he's immeasurably more than we could ever ask for or imagine. And we counted the money. We're like 30000 40000 50000 It was $81,346 that came in. It was the craziest birthday ever. And I was like, God, take this money and use it for your purposes. And then the weirdest thing happened. My phone blew up. Can't wait for next year. Can't wait to bring my youth group next year. I'm like, what? Can't wait to bring my cross-country team next year, Brent. Can't wait to invite my church. And I was like, friends, I only turned 30 like one time. So the next year, we have a picture. The next year, we had 400 people come. It was crazy. The next year, we had 600 people. The next year, 2019, pre-COVID, we had over 1,000 people that said, I will step across the hero line in Jesus' name so kids can be free. And then 2020 happened. And I want to show you a picture of this little girl. Seven years old. Her family has been deeply devastated by the impact of trafficking. She ran 30 miles on July 4th last year. But let me tell you this. During a pandemic, during a year when nothing was supposed to work, nothing was supposed to whatever, we had hundreds of people from all across the country that said, I have to step across the line. I have to do something. And we saw over $202,000 last year during a pandemic raised to set people free in Jesus' name. So crazy. God is faithful. Our mission with 30 for Freedom is to end sex trafficking in our lifetime. And the cool thing about the money that we raise is because we're 100% volunteer-led, we give all of it away. <laughs> there's no admin fees. There's no, we don't keep any of it. Like We all serve as a vol on volunteer basis, and we get, have, have raised in the last five years $832,000 to set people free. Because we have seen people who have heard about a need, they felt something, they stepped across the line, across the line and they took action. And I want to have you think, what does it mean? What, what, what it would it mean for you to step across the hero line and take action today to fight an injustice? Check out this video. Every 30 seconds, someone is This is about people being set free in Jesus' name. In a room full of 900 plus people that are gathered today, you have chosen to step up and fight on behalf of those that need to be fought for.
people can be free. We are getting married later today, uh, but we still I want to do free for freedom. I guess the way can be is we're going to make a difference. North Central, I'm extending an invitation to you. And you might be thinking, oh, to, to be a part of your run? I mean, that'd be great. I'd be honored to have you a part of 30 for Freedom, no lie. <laughs> that'd be great. But my invitation to you is far bigger than 30 for Freedom. My invitation is for you to take the things that God has put in your hands and say, God, how can I use this to step across the hero line? There was a girl in the video, Lily Peck, when she was, I think, 13 in that video. She said, hey, I've got a guitar. I'm a musician. I love to write songs. So just about every weekend, you can find her at a local coffee shop. She's playing her guitar. She's singing her songs. She's inviting people to know about what's happening with trafficking and raising funds to make a tangible difference. What do you have in your hands? I have a friend who came up to me after I spoke at a church, and he said, hey, I can't run. But I do this other thing called barefoot water skiing. I was like, tell me more, Mike. He said... Could I barefoot water ski a total of 30 miles over the summer months, raising awareness all around my lake and asking people to support? I said, Mike, that's probably the most epic thing I've ever heard. Absolutely, you can do that. So at the end of that year, he had raised over 11 grand to <laughs> set people free from doing something he already loved to do. He stepped across the hero line with his bare feet. And I think about people like every one of us likely has some sort of platform of social media. What would it mean to take a step across the hero line and just let, let people who follow you on your Instagram story, just let them know every 30 seconds someone becomes a victim of sex trafficking. I shared a, a, a prevention awareness thing at one of our rallies just to bring awareness to this issue of trafficking. And what, what, what do you do if you're approached? What if you're a young lady and you're approached by some random guy? What do you do? I shared that one tidbit. A month later, I got a chilling message on Instagram from a student in Mankato that said the exact scenario that you talked about at the rally happened to me today at work. I knew exactly what to do. I called the police, I called my dad, and we got, we got out of there. And I, like the awareness that we raise, it's not just like, oh, I just made a post, oh, I just did a story, I just did a reel. No, no, it can actually make a real difference. So how can you use your social? How can you use your gifts, your skills? My wife is now a therapist, and she's working with people who have experienced trauma Right before COVID shut everything down last year, she flew to Nepal and got to minister to 70 girls who had been rescued from trafficking or prevented from trafficking. Are you kidding me? You might be thinking, well, Brent, I'm a business major. What can I do? I'll tell you what you can do. <laughs> I have a friend named Ben Peters. He's an alum of North Central. He said, hey, let's get together. I want to hear about 30 for Freedom. I want to I pitch something to you. I said, dude, I love it. So we got together. 
And he said, hey, I want your 30 for Freedom movement to be one of the organizations we support this year. And last year they wrote a check that was the largest check that we have ever received to date for 30 for Freedom. He's a business major that said, I have a passion for business. I'm gonna make a difference and step across that hero line. North Central, I'm inviting you. Step across the line, take action. Move from feeling, feelings of compassion and empathy to actually doing something. Because that is what God will use to change the world. He sees he hears, he's concerned, he's coming, he's calling. Let's step across the hero line together. Would you pray with me, North Central? Heavenly Father, we come to you in a holy moment of response and worship. I pray for courageous faith to rise up within us, God, that we would be a generation, that we would be a group of people, that we would be the body of Christ that would say, not on my watch, and that, God, we would step across the hero line taking action, using our gifts, using our majors, using our talents, God, using the things that you have given to us, Lord, to make a difference because we know you hear their cries. We know you see their misery. We know that you're concerned. And so, God, we say, please send us. Please, oh God, help us to know what to do to step across the hero line today. We surrender our lives. We surrender all that we are to you. And we say, God, have your way in Jesus' name. Would you stand and worship today?